have you ever felt frustrated by people pleasing at home and at work? There are so many negative consequences and I am excited today to welcome my guest Masoma. Welcome to Power to the People Pleasers. Thanks for being here. Hi, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. So today we are talking about the negative consequences of this, this habit or this, this energy of people pleasing. And you wrote this really quick cool called Take Your Lunch Break. And I know that there's some connection to this and uh, our work environment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that book? Yes. Yeah, so here it is. <laughs> Take Your Lunch yeah. Break. I, uh, Took me four years to write it. I just published it. Well, now it's last year, end of April, 2022. And it does talk about the stresses at work, in life, anxieties, and um, sort of how to manage those and mm -hmm. overcome anxiety and stress as well. So um, being a fellow people pleaser, I totally relate to all of those people pleasers out there and how we oftentimes put others' needs in front of our own, whether that's at work or at home. So I feel your pain. <laughs> so what's an example of, of how you have been a people pleaser at work, let's just say, and, and how would you recommend people who relate to that handle the situation? I think that at, people pleasers oftentimes have difficulty saying no. And I also had a very hard time saying no to things. Uh, I was always like, yes, yes, of course I can help you with that. Of course I can do that. And what that led to was me working later hours or, you know, working from home when I would get home. At that time, it was uh, when I was working in the office, it was before COVID. So I'd actually physically be there. I know things obviously now are changed because a lot of people are working from home. But I would go home and then work more on my laptop. So it was it was like, you know, others were struggling and they knew that I would say yes and come in to help them, which is fine. I, I love to help, but oftentimes it would get in the way of my own time or time with my husband or time um, for my own wellness. Like, oh, I can't go to the gym today because I got to help, you know, so-and-so finish this report or whatever it meant was. Um, yeah. It would that it's not it's not um, I'm not trying to say like don't help people but help people within your means and that mm -hmm. if it intrudes on your own wellness that's where you sort of have to start doing those drawing those boundaries which mm -hmm. for people pleasers is very 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 difficult <laughs> I myself have very hard time um, drawing boundaries and sticking to them so how did you start improving that that piece of life drawing drawing the boundaries i think it starts with awareness is like i um and then also telling yourself like i am still a good person i still want to help but i need to take care of myself in order to take care of others i need to take care of myself first so this yeah. was like an internal dialogue that i had to tell myself like i'm not mean i'm not a bad person if i say no like i felt you know, like cringe, like inside, like I was like, oh, it's not a good feeling when I had to say no to somebody or couldn't help out or, you know, couldn't be there for somebody. But I would tell myself, like, I'm doing the best that I can within my means 
to yeah. or, or in order to protect myself as well. And so it was a lot of like internal dialogue um, and then changing my behavior slowly. And then also realizing that, you know what, people like, it's not like they don't like me if I say no. And I saw that behavior like, okay, people still like me. People are still engaged with me. It's okay. And you can try, you can say it in a nice way, you know, like I really do want to help. But unfortunately, like I'm at capacity right now. Maybe down, you know, maybe next week I can um, spend an hour with you on this uh, project. Something like that, where I would, you know, really try to say it in a nice way. And people are actually quite understanding. And I didn't mm -hmm. think that before until I started drawing those boundaries, sticking to them. And um, I realized that people are not going to be mad at me. Yes, yes. I think that's a big one for people pleasers, that fear of judgment, the fear of, of losing connections and yeah. being close with people, right? So you said exactly. something that really resonated with me, the mm -hmm. always being the person that says yes, that's uh, a label mm -hmm. that I would give myself before yes. I started really shifting away. Um, mm -hmm. I am definitely a recovering people pleaser, but yeah. uh, as we're being here today, we're trying to empower all of us who are on that journey mm -hmm. of uh, creating those boundaries that um, it's just taking one step at a time to recover time for yourself. Now, one of the things that I love to say to individuals who are struggling with creating boundaries mm -hmm. is this understanding that the, the human that's, that's, that's our own self, our most precious self is valuable no matter what we do, right? And we can pile a billion things on our plate of doing yes. or we can take some things off of our plate of doing. Either way, no matter what, always, forever, from the beginning all the way to the end, we are valuable no matter what. <laughs> yeah. That's such an excellent point, honestly. And I think I'm seeing a lot of that right now. And I think that somewhere along the line, you know, we learned that we had to earn, you know, we had to do something to earn love or acceptance or being, you know, being um, valued. We had to do something to be special. But the truth is, no, we are amazing as we are, whether we do something or we don't, we are accepted, we are loved. We don't yes. need to earn it. And it's the same thing with uh, rest, where I talk about, like, take your lunch break, like resting. Like we think we need to just we we earn rest or we deserve mm -hmm. rest or we should do something, be very productive, then we can rest. And the truth is, actually, as humans, like we aren't robots. We do need rest. Like, why do you think that God created sleep? Like he was like, guys, go rest. Like, <laughs> go, go rest. Home. Yeah, just like lights out, go, you right? So it's like, sure, you know, of course, like we want to be productive and that's fine, but you don't need to earn rest. You don't, you just deserve to rest, but you need it and that's okay. And rest is productive. I truly believe yes. that. It is. It absolutely is. And that's the, that can be the doing activity, right? Yeah. But people don't see yeah sleep, rest, uh, self-care time as 
worthy activities uh, for their time, which is so, it's so sad. So I'd love to know a little bit more about your book. What is one of the, the favorite stories that you share in your book that you can give us a little highlight of? Let's see. I I have a lot of personal stories. I think one of my favorite chapters is like chapter five, which talks about my dad and it's about resilience. And I won't ruin the story, but it's mostly how you can probably go through like the worst thing in your life where you, where I'm one of four. He has four kids and his job security was threatened and he's a doctor. So it's like he has to provide for his whole family and the stress of that and something happens. So if you read it, and he's like, you know, we're immigrants as well. So it's like, can, you know, are we going to get kicked out of the country? Got, my dad's going to lose his job. Like, how is he going to support his family? And he's also supporting his family back in Pakistan. So it's just like, you know, like talk about job stress. Like it's mm-hmm. bigger than that, right? Um, so I think stories like that that are real and, you know, obviously very personal to me. And uh, another story that I love is like um, the story of my husband that, you know, he, that as a man, like therapy is like shunned upon and normally it's like taboo. I mean, the, the narrative is changing a little bit, I think after COVID, however, there's still like a stigma attached to it. And especially with men, like men are not allowed to talk about their feelings. They need to be tough and rough and just suck it up and keep going. And um, in one of the chapters, I, my husband went through a very like drastic, severe accident. And that affected his mental health, um, normal, like as normal, like anybody who went through that would be affected by that. And so like, I really encouraged him to try out therapy and he did and it was very helpful for him because he had a lot of PTSD and anxiety that kind of rose from that and the fact that he he was like open to like obviously a little hesitant I think everybody's always hesitant to try therapy but as a man like you know the if you have some not mental health issue or even an issue you know like it doesn't have to be crazy we're like it's seen as a weakness but it's actually Mm -hmm. not like humans we go through these ups and downs and sometimes we need professional help to give us some coping techniques and some like you know boost to like okay how can I manage these emotions and that's totally okay and you know actually you know we see doctors we see personal trainers for our body like there's no there's nothing wrong with seeing like a personal trainer for your mind brain and mental health um in my eyes so great and I would say, you know, yes, we've we've been maybe taught or learned that uh, to have fear to go to to get that help. But yes, when you uncover that that fear of judgment is holding you back from having that healthy life, from having that uh, full life and you open up and you go and have that support, you go and have that therapy, you go and have that conversation and things start to shift. That's, I mean, what a gift, right. And in, in releasing that fear of judgment. So you, you a did gift. a TEDx as well. Can you tell us about yes, that? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I struggled with anxiety for about nine years and 
during that time, I feel like I tried almost everything of very various different types of therapy. I read a lot of self-help books. I talked to a lot of people. I read a lot of articles. And so things that kind of worked for me, I wanted to share that with the world because I was like, I know how bad it can be, how much pain and like suffering you go through when you have anxiety. Um, and so I was like, you know, if this helped me, like maybe this will help others out there. And so the power of now that book was huge help for me. And also dare, which you can find on Amazon. And I talk about my TEDx talk. It's such a great resource and a great method to approaching anxiety. And so I did my TEDx talk. I talked about that. I talked about my personal journey and what worked for me. And then from that, I was like, okay, well, I have a lot more to share really because TEDx is only 10 minutes. And I was like, well, then maybe I should go on to write a, a book. And so that's what I did. I really shared like every tip. Like my book is just jam-packed with different strategies because some may work for you and some may not, right? So it's like, okay, we'll try this, try this, try this, try this. And so, um, and it's all, a lot of it is like evidence-based research, um, their scientific approaches. So I am very like, scientific person like I went to med school for two years so I really um, appreciate research driven approaches and yeah I just you know wanted a platform to share that message uh, in hopes that it could help somebody out there and God will like thanks to God like it, it has helped a lot of people and it's mm -hmm. continuing to help a lot of people so I'm just so so grateful. Well, I'm grateful for you for sharing your voice and using what what is a hard experience to help yeah. so many people. So I found this quote of yours on your website, and I wanted to, to dig in with you a little bit about it. Burnout, where you're not doing enough of what replenishes the soul. Love these words. Can you share a little bit more about... Uh, how burnout has happened for you and and what tips you would give for people in that place yes so what i mean by that quote is we some oftentimes are like obviously burnout can be like you're working really long hours and you're just your plate is too full but you keep adding more but really it's like if you don't have enough time to do something that you love or um, takes that time. so because some people can work long hours and they're not necessarily burnt out and so that's what I was looking at is like what's the difference between the two people um, maybe they're working the same amount of hours but one is burnt out and one is not and what I realized is those people that weren't burnt out after work they were they had hobbies they were doing something that like replenished their soul whether that was um, like going to a dance class going to work out um, spending time with their family, they were, um, you know, like cooking, some, like some people enjoy cooking, some don't. Um, that's the point that I was going back to is like, cooking can be a stress reliever, or it can give people stress. So that's why I put a lot of different techniques. I was like, okay, maybe this will work for you, maybe this won't. So anyway, you're doing something that like you really enjoy something that when you're doing it, you feel happy, you feel blissful. Um, other than like working all day, coming home, eating dinner, maybe playing with the kids for a bit, going to bed. Next day, same thing, same thing, same thing. And it's fine, like sure, every day you can't do something that like brings you joy, but maybe even 10, 15 minutes, like say you love dancing, like just five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, whatever you can do 
or you like reading, like have some time where you sit 15 minutes just to read something that will make, that's you time. It's just you, something you really enjoy. And if you can kind of fit that in every day, whether that's five, 10, whatever minutes, you'll notice a little bit of a difference. Yes. And yeah. and if your partner can support you in that, because, you know, um, honestly, I, I struggled out with my husband because he's a doctor, he's long hours, he comes home. And then he helps me with the kids. Kids go to sleep. We're bad. We're tired. So I told him, like, I will support you if you want to spend a few minutes doing something you love. Like, he likes playing guitar. He likes drawing. Um, whatever he wants to do, like, I will give you 15 minutes. I will take the kids. And you can do whatever you want to do. Um, I'm working out. So I'm like, you know, go. Go to the gym. Go work out. It's fine. Like, I can handle the kids for, like, 30 more minutes, you know. So, um he really appreciates that. And he does the same for me too. You know, he's like, okay, I'll take this. You go, you know, take a nice bath, do something, go read a book, like whatever, you know? So if we, if partners can support each other, that's helpful. Just do something that kind of brings, gives you a little bit of that joy, that dopamine in the day. Um, and that can help with burnout. I mean, I'm not saying it solves the whole problem, but it is definitely helpful. That makes it difference for sure makes a piece of the puzzle. So we're here today, we're talking about the negative consequences of people pleasing at home and work. What would you say are the the top three negative consequences of, of this behavior? Well, I would say like, number one is it affects your mental health. So you put when you put others before you, you lose out on that me time, on that time that you would use to replenish your soul, to take care of yourself. Like I said, if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of others. And if that's that's what I tell myself as a mom, because I'm like, oh, I'm being selfish. I'm taking time for myself. Like, this is not good. But I tell myself, actually, this will help me be a better mother, be a patient mom, be more present with my kids. So if that's what you have to tell yourself as people pleasers, we kind of sometimes have to do that. Like I'm doing this actually for them, for others, you know, do whatever works for you. And that that's honestly what works for me. And so telling yourself that um, obviously, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing is like you, you'll lose out on your own growth, whether, you know, whether first of all is your mental health, your own growth. And third is, um, it'll never be enough. I think I realized that. Like, you know, with work, say you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep saying yes, you keep helping out, and you realize, like, yeah, but it's not really making a difference. There's others that are saying no, but we're almost at the same level field. They we're seeing the same. We have the same position, same salary, and what, like, where is the miss like the gap here like what's the miscommunication and it's not that you are always saying yes like of course that's good to help but even those that say no and draw their boundaries can still succeed can still do well and can still have a great position so it's like having your own uh, like respect for yourself almost and not being like rolled over or like taken advantage of or you know that's like a huge thing that i that i had to learn is like i don't want to be taken advantage i was always taken advantage of and it was it's not a good thing and you kind of almost like like lose a little respect for yourself like come on like i should be able to stand up for myself i should be able to like 
say no. And sure, it's not easy, but when you learn that, you have a little bit more respect for yourself, I feel. Personally, that's what I've experienced. I love that. And I had a conversation with a, a past client recently, mm-hmm. and we talked uh, about this idea of self-respect uh, yes. because this individual did really uh, view themselves as a people pleaser. And yes. at the beginning of our time working together was saying, you know, I had no self-respect at all. Every person's need was way more important than my own stuff yep. and my relationship with my my friends and my family. Everything was getting put lower and lower on, on the list. Yep. And, you know, it's funny because I, until sh- this individual said this, these words around connecting self-respect to being mm-hmm. a people pleaser, I myself hadn't made that connection. Um, yes. But, but it's, it's so true, right? Is recognizing yes. that those boundaries can make a big, big mm-hmm. difference. And for me, I really started with, with small things, like yes. really small things, looking at all the things that I had going on, all of the things I had said yes to, finishing yes. those up, right? Mm-hmm. And and saying, you know what, what is one thing that I could take off my plate Yes, that would make a difference to help me have more time to do those things you're talking about, to bring that fuel back in. And so it doesn't to be these giant things that you're, you're saying no to. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, giant activities, just starting with one thing. What is one thing that you could say, no, thank you to, or, you know, let me take some time to think about that. And no, I've decided it's not a good fit for me right now. What's one thing. I think that's the the reminder. Yes, mm-hmm. that's great advice. Start small, um, practice, <laughs> like yes. you know, even it's practice with your dog or your pet. Like I know it sounds silly or your kids, like and realize like, oh, it's actually life goes on. Everything's okay. Like people aren't mad at me. I'm still worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I think that's great advice. With anything in life, start small, start one step at a time. So because otherwise it can get very overwhelming and practice. Yeah. And I, yeah. I had this one time recently where I I said yes. And in my head, I was like, what am I doing? No, 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 Go back. <laughs> like, put the words yeah. back in my mouth, right? And then, and then I, like, took a deep breath. Yeah. And I was like, actually, you know what? Yeah. I wasn't thinking clearly. Yes. I actually have to say no to this at this time. Right. And so I think it's also giving us permission, those people who have the muscle of saying yes, Yes. uh, overdeveloped muscle of saying yes to, (laughs) to, to realize that it's okay to, to change your mind. Yeah, it is definitely. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because you could be like, Oh, I already said yes. Like I should do but no, you can be honest with that person. Be like, just like you said, like, I know I said yes, but actually thinking about it and looking at my schedule, like, I will, I'm unable to do that at this time. But, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You can your mind, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. So this has been a really awesome conversation. I would love uh, for you to give any final thoughts about your book, about your, your 
Chad, what is it that you want to leave the listeners with today? Uh, that you can do it. You know, I've done it and I'm still here and people still like me and I'm still helping others, but within my means. And I think, I think that's something very important to know is like you can still help and still be a people pleaser, but within your means that it's still good for you and your mental health and start mm-hmm. small. I think that's great advice. And um, if you want to connect with me, that's my website right there. I'm on Instagram. Um, I think you had it below and you can find my book on Amazon or barnesandnobles.com or anywhere where you can find books. I hope you guys all find it helpful and I would love to hear your thoughts, whether you leave a review or you message me on Instagram or my website or LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you all. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you. It was such a great time talking with you today. And I invite our listeners to tune in to the next episode of Power to the People Pleasers. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.